Welcome to Victory with Paul Doherty, pastor of Victory in Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you at any of our services, Saturday night at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 8.30, 9, and 11 a.m. If you can't visit us, you can watch live on the Victory app, downloadable on the App Store and Google Play. Pastor Paul has a great message for you today, and I believe this message is going to make an impact in your life. Everybody say faith. faith. The title of the message this morning is Faith Speaks. Faith Speaks. You know, it's not enough just to think about faith, just to memorize faith, to uh, dwell on faith. You've got to let it out of your mouth. You've got to declare words of faith. You know your mouth has power. Your words have power. You can actually create the destiny that you're going to walk in. The Bible says that God spoke and he created the universe with his words. He said, let there be light and there was light. Let there be land, and there was land. Let there be animals on the, on the land and animals in the sea. And what he spoke came to pass. Proverbs 18 says that life and death are in your tongue. You decide whether you bring life into the atmosphere or death into the atmosphere. Whether you entertain words of fear or you entertain words of faith. This last week I was working out and uh, whether it looks like it or not, I was working out. And I was getting to the end of my workout. I was sweating, man, I was exhausted. I was drenched in sweat. We were doing like CrossFit activities. And if you don't know what CrossFit is, it's basically just nonstop intense uh, uh, exercises that get your, your muscles working and your body moving and you're sweating. And so I think I'm at the end of it. I, I, I think I'm finished. And the guy who's with me who goes to our church says, Paul, we're not finished yet. We got one last round of something. I got something special for you. I go, come on, man. Can we please be done? It was 5.45 in the morning. I was so not into this. And he said, Paul, remember what you preached about on Sunday on faith. <laughs> now, it's, I'm glad people listen to my sermons, but I don't want them to preach it to me at 5.45 in the morning and use it against me when I'm trying to be done with my workout. He says, come on, Paul, you could do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And I said, oh my goodness, please, just let us be done. And he said, no, you can do this. And so he gets this massive heavy weight and he puts it out in the middle of the street. We're in his neighborhood. And uh, he says, you're gonna push this 20 yards down and you're gonna push it 20 yards back. That's one round. I want you to do five rounds of this. So I start pushing it and I just collapse. Like my legs were already just not feeling much left and, and not much energy. And I just fall down. I go, I can't, I can't do it. Please stop in Jesus name. <laughs> and I'm laughing right now, but I wasn't laughing. I was mad. <laughs> I literally just laid there. And he starts getting, you know, he gets over me and he goes, Paul, you are more than a conqueror. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Start speaking faith over your body. He was trying to talk me into it. Everybody say, talk yourself into it. Many times we are talking ourselves out of what God is trying to talk us into. We're talking ourselves out of the, the body that God wants us to have. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Come on, you can get skinnier, you can get stronger, you can get healthier. The goals that you have are not unattainable, they're not impossible, but oftentimes we convince ourselves, I'll never be there. I'll never reach those goals. I'll never be strong, I'll never be healthy enough. No one in my family, that, that could never happen to me. And I was talking myself out of, and my coach was trying to talk me into it. And finally, I started listening to his words, and I got up, and I began to push that weight, and I was able to finish all five rounds. Come on, somebody, I was proud of myself that morning. But I think my question for you this morning is, what is God trying to talk you into? What is God trying to talk you into? You know, faith needs a voice. Faith is, is it's similar to Siri. Anybody use Siri on your iPhone? I remember when this, uh, this device, this part of iPhones came out about a year or two years ago, uh, where basically you hold a button down and whatever you say, it does for you. It's voice activated. Everybody say voice activated. 
So if I say call Ashley, it calls Ashley. If I say text John, it texts John. If I say McDonald's, it pulls up the 10 closest McDonald's to me. If I say Holiday Inn, it'll find the nearest Holiday Inn. If I say flights from Tulsa to Chicago, this phone, I mean, it listens to my voice. It'll pull up the 10 cheapest flights from Tulsa to Chicago. And I think in the same way, faith is waiting on you to speak. Faith is waiting on you to just say something. What are you waiting to say? What has tried to silence your faith? Oftentimes we stop speaking because of one unanswered prayer, one thing that didn't go right, one time where we thought something was gonna happen, we spoke about it happening and it never happened and so we just got silent. We stopped talking. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of things I do where I don't always get the same result. One of them is fishing, right? I go fishing, and when I do go fishing, occasionally I don't catch a fish. But it doesn't stop me from going back to fish the next time. Because more times than not, I do catch a fish. And how many Christians stop praying and stop speaking words of faith because of one time that it didn't happen? Maybe that one time God was trying to do the miracle in you instead of doing the miracle for you. What have you talked yourself out of? What have you stopped believing by faith? I love this, this verse in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13. It says that Paul, uh, Paul used these words, and, and this is what he said. He said, uh, David said, I believed and therefore I spoke, and therefore we also believe and so we speak. It's not enough to just believe it. You've got to speak it. It's not enough to just think, I can walk in victory. You've got to start speaking. I will walk in victory. There's no, uh, it's not an accident that we named this church victory, right? We are called victory. When you come into this place, you come into a place of victory. It's not a coincidence that we start off with a confession every week. We are trying to get you to declare and believe and speak out my best days. Haven't happened yet. I'm going to walk in victory. I am not defeated. I am more than a conqueror. What are you speaking over your life? This last week, my son came home from church. He's two and a half years old. And on the way home, he... Uh, he wanted to share with mommy and daddy what he learned at church. We've been trying to teach him how to speak the word of God. And we, we teach him songs like, yes, Jesus loves me or Jesus loves the little children. But he was so excited to share this word. And so I want to show it with you because I also just like looking at my kids. So watch this video of our son speaking the word. That was amazing. You want to do it again? I. I. And you. And me. 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 I got the interpretation. He was saying, I'm more than a conqueror. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you got to learn how to speak the word. In case you don't speak baby, we put the words up there for you. Liam was saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, you get to decide what you're going to speak over your life, and you will walk in the direction of your words. And I'm not just encouraging you to speak words over your life so that you can live a better life. I also think your words not only affect your life, they affect other people as well. You can speak negative over yourself and tell me how that works out for you, but I'm gonna speak positive over my life. I'm gonna speak words of God over my life. I'm gonna hold on to what God says, not what I say, not what the news says, but I'm gonna begin to declare, what does God say over me? That I am a child of God. I am loved by God. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. You need to start talking yourself into the love of God instead of talking yourself out of God's love for you. You need to begin to declare, God loves me. There's two things I want you to walk, with, walk away with from today. Number one, speak faith over yourself. Speak faith over yourself. Recently, I've walked past our kids' rooms and they love to talk themselves to sleep. They love to just keep talking and they'll talk during nap time and at nighttime. And I walk past Liam, our oldest son, and when I get past his room, he, he talks in third person. He'll say, Liam is nice. Liam is good. 
Liam obeys. Liam loves Bubba. Liam loves Bubba. <laughs> Liam shares. <laughs> I'm literally, these are things that he's saying to himself. He's speaking in third person. And I think, man, it's so good. It's so funny. But what are you saying over yourself? I know you talk to yourself, even though you won't admit it in church, but you do talk to yourself. It may not always come out of your mouth, but you're saying it in your mind. Sometimes you go and look in that mirror and you just put yourself down. I don't look that good. My hair's leaving me. <laughs> Weight is coming on to me. What if you started speaking, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Good morning, good looking. You're getting skinnier. Your hair is growing in back there. You're getting healthier. <laughs> what if you just started speaking better words over your life? Here's, here's a promise. You can't speak negative words and expect to live a positive life. You can't talk defeat and expect to walk in victory. You will have what you say. Words are like seeds. When you speak it, it goes into the ground for your future. And you reap the harvest of whatever you've sown. You can't reap an apple tree if you're planting orange seeds. Right? If you want to reap a good life, start speaking good words over your life. God took a man named Ezekiel in the Bible, and in Ezekiel 37, he said, Ezekiel, what do you see? Brought him into a place, a valley of dead, dry bones. And Ezekiel said, I see dead, dry bones. God said, speak to those dead, dry bones to come back to life. Nothing happens until you speak. Nothing happens until you speak. What are you speaking? What has silenced you from speaking? Maybe you're not speaking negative words. Maybe it's just that you're not saying anything at all. You've just gotten quiet. It's like fear has turned down your faith. It's brought the volume down. This morning, I want to bring the volume back up. I want you to start speaking what God wants you to speak. David said in Psalm 118, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You know, you can speak over your day. Just as weathermen forecast what the day is going to look like, you can forecast what your day is going to be like. When you speak, your attitude starts to change. Your heart starts to change. Your perspective starts to change. The joy of the Lord is my strength. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Faith is not ignoring the facts. Some people think, well, Paul, that just sounds ridiculous. I mean, you're saying things that aren't even true yet. And you can describe things. You can describe what the day feels like. If the day feels bad, you can talk about how bad it is. If your life is going down the, the, the drain, you can talk about how negative your life is. But Mark eleven twenty three 23 says this. Anyone who says to this mountain, now look at that part right there. It doesn't say anyone who describes what the mountain looks like. It doesn't say anyone who stares at the mountain, anyone who ponders about how big this mountain is. It says anyone who speaks to this mountain. If you don't speak to your mountains, your mountains will speak to you. If you don't start speaking to the giants that are in your life, those giants are going to speak to you. Right? This is what happened with David and Goliath. Goliath was a big, massive giant. And all the Israelites were afraid of him. He had spoken and they ran and they were afraid because he spoke with such authority and boldness. But David didn't ignore the facts. Faith doesn't ignore the facts. Faith is big enough to handle the facts. And faith won't fix what you won't face. You've got to face those facts. Faith can handle it. David walked right up. He looked at the facts, looked him up and down. And said, who are you uncircumcised Philistine that defies the living God of Israel? I will feed your body to the birds. Come on, somebody. I'm ready to take Goliath down right now. David said, I'm going to cut your head off. I bet you didn't think you were going to hear that in church this morning. But sometimes we are so intimidated by what the world is speaking. Paul, my life is just, I'm never going to get out of this. I'll, I'll never be the lender. I'll always be in debt. I'll always be the borrower. I'm not going to be able to pay for college. I might as well not even finish college. I'm just going to drop out. God doesn't have a plan for my life. I totally screwed up everything. I've, I've sinned so much. I've got a terrible past. God, can't you stop talking yourself out of your destiny? Stop talking yourself out of the forgiveness of God. Stop talking yourself out of the, the plans that God has for your life. You know what? Every time that I get up to preach, the devil tries to talk me out of what I'm going to say. 
The enemy will try to say, Paul, you got nothing good. They've already heard what you said. They heard it from your dad. He said it better than you. You know what? I have to tell the devil to shut up sometimes. I'll get up. I'll be right down here and I'll say, I'm anointed in Jesus' name to bring the good news. And Lord, I thank you that when I speak your word, it does not return void. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three, 23, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt, does not doubt in their heart that it can happen, but they believe what they say will happen. It will be done for them. What do you need to start speaking over your life? Paul and Silas, they were in a prison and they were locked in chains it looked hopeless for them. They were told they could never preach again. Here they were in the bottom of this dungeon and people all around them in chains for all kinds of other crimes that had been committed. Paul and Silas are sitting in there. They could have gotten quiet. They could have been discouraged. They could have kept their mouth closed, but instead they started singing. They started speaking the word. Then sings my soul. My Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art, then sings my soul. Man, I started on a high key. <laughs> you get the point, right? They started singing. They weren't going to let the circumstances silence their faith. They weren't going to let the surroundings dictate the volume of their faith. They started singing praises to the Lord. And when they opened their mouths, God opened the prison doors. When they released the words out of their mouth, God released them from the chains around their hands. I'm telling you, your breakthrough is in your mouth. The miracle is waiting to be released. It is voice activated. Jesus told his disciples, there is a donkey waiting for me in Jerusalem. How do you know it's there? All I know is that it's there. My miracle is just around the corner, but I need you to go get it. Sure enough, his disciples walked a few miles into Jerusalem, and there was the donkey waiting for Jesus that he would ride into on that day where, where they would lay palm branches down and, and worship Jesus. What Jesus did in that moment is he spoke something into existence. He released his words. You know, when you speak, the angels move on your behalf. When you speak, you are releasing favor into your future or you are canceling out what God has in store. What are you speaking over your life? My friend Eric, who helps pastor, our, he is our student ministry pastor. Him and his wife had an awesome testimony. When they were in Texas, they had never owned a house. They had... Uh, always been living in apartment to apartment, and they decided, Lord, we want to believe God for a house. We want to believe God that we would have a house. They just had a child, and, and uh, they were about to have another child, and so they started praying, and they started writing down what they wanted in a house, not just a house, but a house of their dreams. Sure enough, God came through. They bought that house. They lived in the house of their dreams in their 20s. God did a miracle in their life. Many people wait to believe for something like that until maybe they're 50 or 60. What if God could accelerate the miracles that you're believing for? What if God's waiting for you to just ask him by faith? The Bible says you have not because you ask not. And you ask not because you doubt in your hearts that I even love you. You doubt that I could do it for you. See, David, he went and fought Goliath and he knew the rewards that were on the other side. That he would marry the king's daughter. He would live a tax-free life. That he would get to stay in the palace. But more importantly, he knew that God was bigger than the mountain that was in front of him. It's not so much about the rewards or the opportunities that God wants to give into your life. It's not just about you. It's about you being a blessing towards other people. But it's also about God getting the glory in your life. It's about you not running from the mountains, not running from the giants, not living in a spirit of fear or intimidation. A lot of people think they're doing a service to God by asking for nothing. A lot of people think, well, I'm... I'm I don't want to ask God for anything because I don't want to be like those people who are always asking for stuff. I don't want to believe God for anything. I'd rather just live under the circumstances. But see, God is a good, good father. And the Bible says just as children ask their parents for bread and those parents don't give them a stone in return, your father in heaven is waiting for you to ask him so he can move in your life. What are you asking God for? 
What are you believing God for? How many in this room are believing for something in your life? Man, I love it. I love it. My prayer is that 100% of our church would be activating their faith to believe for something. That you would have something you're believing God for. Maybe you're believing God to go to Bible college. Maybe you're believing God for your children to have a, a, a full ride scholarship. Maybe you're believing God for healing in your marriage. Maybe you're believing God to be set free from a generational curse of an addiction to, a, to, to something you know you don't need to have in your life. Whatever it is you're believing for, don't let the devil talk you out of it. This morning, circle it. Here's the second thing I want you to walk away with today, and that is speak faith over others. Ephesians 4, verse 29 says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only that which, help, which builds others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Don't let anything come out of your mouth that's going to put people down. Build people up. You know, people will rise to the words you speak over them. I used to be a crazy little kid, and my dad and mom would lay their hands on my head, and they would say, peaceful, Paul, peaceful, Paul. My brother used to be a really angry boy, and they'd put their hands on John's head, and they'd say, joyful, John, joyful, John. They were speaking faith. They were speaking something into existence. This is what Romans 4 says, that we call those things that are not as though they were. God said over Abram, you are the father of many nations before Abram had any children. What was God doing? God was saying, Abram, where you are right now is not where you're always going to be. There's a destiny in front of you. Start walking towards it. Start believing for it. And it says that Abram never wavered in his faith. He trusted in God. Now, Abram wasn't a perfect man, but he was a man of faith. He held on to God's promise. This morning, I want to encourage you, no matter how bad you feel like you've missed it, hold on to God's promise. What's trying to talk you out of speaking faith? Who in your life needs to hear some words of faith? My friend Jonathan had gotten into a basketball injury. We were playing sports, and he injured his knee out on the basketball court. He didn't think it was that bad, and so he started taking Tylenols, and a few days later, he couldn't even get up out of his bed. He knew something was off, and so his mom took him to the doctor, and I want you to see what happened in his life. My mom knew something was wrong, so we went to the doctor, and he took some x-rays, and he wasn't comfortable with what he saw, so he wanted to send us to a specialist. We went to the orthopedic doctor, and he took another x-ray, and he saw something that he did not like. What he saw was a shadow over my knee and over my growth plate. Something was growing. He never said that it was cancer, but he wrote down on a piece of paper what he thought it was. It was a tumor that could be malignant. My mom, of course, being in that field of study, dealing with patients dying all the time from, from cancer and from all of those things. And here I am, a 12-year-old, going through something that no 12-year-old should ever go through. When we came home from the doctor's office, I remember hearing my parents talk in the living room about what the doctor wrote down on that piece of paper. From the time we came back from the doctor to the time when we were going for the MRI, it was about a span of two weeks. I didn't realize the severity of the situation, but my parents knew that we had to believe God for something big. I remember them putting scripture verses up on the walls about how I would walk and not grow weary. I remember whenever I would go to bed at night, we would play music and tapes all about healing. They would place scripture verses on the mirror in the bathroom, in front of the toilet, Everywhere that we would look in the house, there was a reminder of faith. And I think that was the difference because there was no doubt allowed in the house. I remember my parents started calling me Jonathan Nunes. I'd be sitting in the living room and they'd call me in for dinner and they wouldn't say, hey, Jonathan, dinner's ready. They'd say, Jonathan Nunes, it's time to come and get dinner. So it was a constant confession of, what we believed. We were believing God for a new knee. So they called me Jonathan Nunes. And I, I remember 
going to bed and looking at the top of my ceiling and there was a scripture verse hung on the top of my ceiling about how I would, about how I would run and not grow weary, how I would walk and not faint. And so anytime there was opportunity for doubt, there was a constant reminder of what the Word said about healing, about faith. So anytime we were at home, there was always that expectancy for a miracle. But when I went to school, it was different. I mean, I couldn't walk. So I would sit outside of PE class as an eighth grader and watch all of my classmates run and play. And I remember sitting on the track thinking, you know, I believe that I'm healed. I believe that all this stuff that we're saying, all of these scripture verses that we're praying, all these things that are hanging on the doorposts, if it's true, then I should be able to run. And so as I sat there, I, I thought, you know what? I'm gonna run. So I borrowed my friend's PE uniform and put it on, borrowed some shoes, and I began to run. Every step that I took on the track, it was like the pain got less and less. In fact, I, I didn't even realize the pain at all. It was almost like I forgot about it. And by the time I finished the mile, I felt great. We went into the doctor's office um, and he looked at the MRI. He stuck the, the MRI up next to the old x-ray and it was so clear of what happened. He said something along the lines of, well, in this picture, it's here. And in this picture, it's not. And I remember my mom just started bawling and crying. And because I didn't know the seriousness of what was going on, uh, I just asked, what what's there and what's not. And he said, well, if the MRI would have come back as a positive with a tumor, we may have had to amputate your leg. From that day on, everything was back to normal. My knees swelling went back down. I began taking the stairs again. God has been faithful to honor that one step of faith that I took that day in PE class. On this journey, we all have to believe God for something. We just have to walk it out by faith. Come on, give Jonathan a big hand. I watched as Jonathan began to run in high school and he began to compete in track and cross country. And his knees were better after that experience than they were before. He went on to get a full ride scholarship to Oral Roberts University for the track and field team. He became one of their fastest runners on the track team at ORU, graduating debt free. I'm telling you, there's power in your words. There's power in your words. What are you speaking over your life? What are you speaking over your kids? over the next generation, over the people that are around you. My friend uh, told me this story about a guy in our church in the 80s who was someone who smoked, who drank, he even sold drugs, and he was in our youth group, and my parents thought maybe we should ask him not to come back to the youth group for a little while, and, and, and hopefully he'll get better. But during that time, his mom kept coming up to my dad and saying, isn't my son such a positive influence? Isn't my son such a great kid? Isn't he doing a great job? My dad would be scratching his head going, do you know what your son's doing? Are you naive to what's happening in his life? And she wasn't naive, but she was speaking prophetically over his life. She was forecasting where her son was headed instead of describing where he was at. She was saying, my son is going to live to declare the works of the Lord. You know, her son went on to be a great youth pastor and led a lot of teenagers to Jesus. He's living his life for God today. He's bringing glory to God. Your life and the people around you will walk in the direction of your words. What are you speaking? 
I want to encourage you to declare the confessions. We've put them on this victory app for you to declare during this time to read the word of God. You can begin to even go on uh, the internet and just look up scriptures about faith, scriptures about joy. When I was going through a season of depression after my father passed, I didn't know how I was going to get out of this depression. I was so sad. I was, uh, I was not taking care of my body. I was constantly uh, just negative. I was pessimistic and, and I just didn't even want to get out of bed sometimes. I didn't want to do anything. I was just sad. And I would literally say these words, my best days are behind me. But one day I drove up to the church and I was parked outside of the church before I was going to preach. And I was just speaking negative. I was saying, man, I, I don't have anything good to say. And our church's best days are behind us. And I, I, I just was speaking so negative and God interrupted me. He said, Paul, change your confession, change your confession. But God, I don't believe in that, that those words that you want me to say. Sometimes you have to talk yourself into believing the right thing. And God said, I want you to start declaring my best days are right in front of me. I have victory in my life. I'm here on purpose because I have a purpose. He who started this work in me will be faithful to complete it. As I begin to speak those words, I wrote it down on a piece of paper. That night I led our church for the first time into that confession that we say every week. Guys, I'm telling you there's power in your words. When I started speaking that, the depression started leaving. That sense of hopelessness started leaving. I started walking into our auditorium and I started thinking, this is too small. God has way bigger plans than this. God has greater days for us. Our best days are not behind us. He wants to enlarge our territory. We ain't seen nothing yet. I'm just getting started. I'm telling you, there's victory in your future, but you got to talk yourself into it. The devil will try to talk you out of it. He will. My dad used to call us when he was on mission trips. Mom and dad, if they flew overseas to Australia or to Asia or to China, somewhere over there, New Zealand, they would call us and they'd say, we're in your tomorrow. You're in our tomorrow. What? We're in your tomorrow. It's tomorrow over here from what day it is there. So right now it's Monday in, in Southeast Asia and Australia. They'd say, we're in your tomorrow. And I'd say, what does tomorrow look like? What's going to happen tomorrow? Good things are coming tomorrow. Your tomorrow looks great. Paul, something good is going to happen to you. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen your tomorrow, and it looks great. What were they doing? They were forecasting our future. You can speak prophetically into your life, into other people's lives. Someone needs to hear words of faith that you know. Someone. Maybe it's your next-door neighbor. Every day that I drive and, and I see my next-door neighbor out in front of his basketball court, and he's shooting hoops. I'll say, hey, I'm going to be watching you on TV one day playing college basketball. He'll shake his head. But I'm speaking words of faith over his life. Someone needs you to speak into their future. See, it's one thing to encourage someone when they've already reached their potential. It's another thing to encourage someone while they're still waiting to see what will happen. People need your encouragement before they step on the stage, before they do anything great, before they get on TV, before they're selling all those stuff. I'm telling you right now, there's someone in your life that needs the word of faith spoken into them. Mordecai did this for Esther. In Esther 4, 4, he said, 14, he said, Esther, if you stay silent, God will use someone else. But who's to know that you've been brought into the kingdom for such a time as this? Mordecai said, God's got a bigger plan than you realize. Second Kings chapter 3, verse 16, Elisha spoke to a group of kings that were afraid they were about to lose their lives. They were afraid that everything was over, that everything was going to end right here. They were in a famine and they were hungry and thirsty. They were surrounded by enemies. And Elisha spoke prophetically to them. He said these words, God's word to you, dig ditches all over this valley. Dig ditches all over this valley and here's what will happen. You won't hear the wind. You won't see the rain, but this valley is going to fill up with water and your army and your animals will drink to their full. In other words, Elisha said, abundance is coming. Increase is coming. You will live and not die. God will deliver you. He's going to rescue you. And listen what he says next, this next verse. He says, this is an easy thing for God to do. This is an easy thing for God to do. What are you believing God for? The Bible says nothing is impossible.
nothing is impossible. One morning, my sister Ruthie woke up and half of her face was paralyzed. Bell's palsy. Sometimes it never leaves someone, stays with them the rest of their life. She went to the doctor and doctor said, we don't know if this is gonna leave or if it's gonna stay. Sometimes it stays six weeks, eight weeks. Sometimes it stays an entire person's life. She was devastated. The next day she was supposed to preach in our children's church on healing. And she said, dad, I don't wanna do it. I don't wanna preach to the kids on healing while half of my face is paralyzed. I just don't wanna do it. And my dad said, okay, it's up to you, Ruthie. It's up to you. But my dad began to speak scriptures over her, just like Jonathan's parents spoke scriptures over him. And Ruthie, something on the inside her said, okay, I'm gonna do it. She got up in front of Children's Church, half of her face is paralyzed. She can't move her, half of her mouth, her eye. She just feels very weak and she starts speaking on healing, how God can heal you. And a week goes by and nothing changes. She gets up and preaches the next week on healing. Another week goes by, nothing changes, but she begins to just speak. Lord, by your stripes, I am healed. By your stripes, I am healed. By your stripes, I am healed. You are the God that heals. Lord, I believe that you're my healer. One day she woke up and she was completely healed from Bell's palsy. I'm telling you this morning, that you can begin to speak no matter what's going on in your life. I want to invite my friend Jason up real quickly as we come to the end of the service. He's got a powerful testimony of how faith worked in him and Jamie's life. Give Jason a big hand. Thank you. Our testimony starts about 10 years ago. Graduated from Oral Roberts University, 2006. Bought a little, little home on Brookside, two bedroom, one bath house. Uh, I've lived there the last 10 years of my life. And Three years ago, married the love of my life, Jamie, and uh, it's been a perfect little starter home for us. We've been living there. Then a year ago, God blessed us with this incredible gift of life, our little baby boy, Paxton Jay. And uh, so me and Jamie and Paxton have been living for a year at this uh, two bedroom, one bath. And a year ago, we kind of looked and we're like, well, we're got this house pretty much full. We wanna talk about you know, growing our family, having other kids, we're gonna have to believe God for a bigger house. So we started, uh, started down that road talking uh, about what we're gonna do to sell our house and buy a new home. And we had decided we were gonna, we're gonna sell our home this summer. So we started doing some research and trying to, to get educated and different influences and factors were telling us our home um, was gonna be worth certain dollar amounts. And for whatever reason, God had put it in my heart that we were gonna be able to sell that home for $100,000 more than I had originally bought it for. And uh, that's, that's a big number. And, uh, but, but God really put that in my heart. And so we started believing that throughout the last year. And then meeting with different people and, and just feeling like different uh, influences leading us to start to question, is that really what we're able to sell a house for? Um, different things saying it might only be worth maybe 140,000. And, uh, and that's great. I mean, we bought it for 86 and that would be a, a huge profit, maybe 40, $50,000 more than I bought it for. But that wasn't what I had believed that God had put in my heart. There was a book I started reading years ago called The Circle Maker. And the Circle Maker talks about how God honors bold prayers. And so many prayers go unanswered, not because God is unable to provide and meet the need, but because the prayers go unasked. And so we started believing for, for this. And I wrote it down in a little prayer journal. I wrote, selling our house for plus 100,000 and I circled it. And right beneath it I wrote, finding our perfect new home and I circled it. And then we started, just like the book says, started thanking God in advance for the answered prayers. And we started every night, we would pray before we go to bed saying, God, thank you so much that our house is gonna sell for 100,000 more. Thank you that you are bringing us to our new house, that it is there. And we just started confessing every single night and thanking God, thank you God, that this is gonna happen because we know, we know that that's what you put in our hearts. And so we just started committing that. And then Vision Weekend came in April and, and Pastor Paul talked about, can you see it? And talked about everything that the vision was into the VCS, building programs, missions, and everything that Victory was doing 
and sowing seeds into the kingdom of God. And I looked at Jamie during service and I said, I believe that God's telling us to sow $1,000 into this. And that was not something that we had easily available. And that was gonna be a big sacrifice, but I had really felt, you know, we were believing for a $100,000 increase. And we always hear, you know, Luke 6, 38, Mark 4, 24, and, and talking about the measure that you give will be given back to you and 30, 60, 100 times increase what you give. And so I said this, we're believing God for 100,000, let's sow 1,000 right here. And then at the end of service, Pastor Sharon got up and the whole time I, we had the offering envelope filled out and I was almost nervous because they were doing offering at the end of service. And I was like, man, I don't even know if I'm gonna actually put it in the offering uh, bucket as it goes by. It's filled out, but I don't know if I'm gonna put it in there. And, uh, and then Pastor Sharon got up afterward and said, I believe that God told me to give $1,000. And I believe there's several of you guys in this congregation that can do the same. And Jamie and I were both teary-eyed looking at each other and we said, well, this confirmation <laughs> right there. And so the offering envelope went by, we, the bucket went by and we put it in and, and we just said, all right, God, we've sowed the seed and, and we're standing on the promise. We believe it, it's gonna happen. So we decided June, we're gonna go ahead and list the house. And uh, so we go for sale by owner. I remember talking to you on a Thursday and saying, hey, I'm gonna sell my house this weekend. And you said, well, how long has it been on the market? And I said, it's not yet. We're gonna put it on the market this weekend. But I'm gonna sell it this weekend. And you said, come on. And you believed with me, so thank you. And, uh, but man, we, uh, we put a sign in the yard on Saturday, listed it on Zillow Saturday night, advertised an open house on Sunday. A couple came in the door uh, during our open house and uh, they seemed real interested in the house. Then they left. And then an hour later, Jared and Bailey came back uh, and they came up to us and uh, we knew that was a good sign. And they said, hey, we would like to make an offer on your house. And I was like, all right. Well, we had listed, by the way, we had listed it for 189 which was 103,000 above what I originally paid for it. Thought that would give us a little bit of wiggle room for negotiations. And uh, so they said, hey, we'd like to make an offer. And I said, all right, get in my businessman mode. Hey, let's start negotiating. And, uh, and they said, we'd like to make an offer for asking price of $189,000. Praise God, praise God. And I, trying to act like the professional adult that I am, said, okay, we will, Jamie and I will talk to, uh, about it and we'll get back to you quickly. And they walked out. Then I turned and looked at my wife and we hugged and we started jumping up and down. And we had a praise party in the living room of our house. And uh, we called him back and said, we accept your offer. And uh, so that was a huge, huge part. Step one was, was completed. And now we had a closing date and we had two months to be out of our house. We've been looking at houses for a year now. And we had made a list, just like I said, of not only selling our home, but finding our perfect new home. We had made a list of everything we wanted in our new home. And we've been looking for a year and we hadn't been able to find it. And now we have two months. And every time there was a house that was good, we would call a realtor and say, hey, we wanna go look at this house. And the next day it was off the market. And uh, we were tempted to get frustrated and just, man, we. Maybe, maybe our perfect house isn't out there. Maybe we'll just have to settle for something else. And I just said, no, we've circled it. And we just started thanking God for it. Three weeks later, after that offer was made on our house, uh, a house came on the market, looked awesome. And uh, we said, hey, we'd like to go look at it. The next day we went and looked at it. That night we made an offer on it. That night, the couple accepted the offer. Two weeks ago, we moved into our dream home for this season of our life. And God is so faithful. None of that, we could not do that on our own. Nothing Jamie and I did is the reason that we are in this home now. It's all because of the favor of God on our life and because we continue to have faith. When I started questioning what it was worth, if I would have listed it for 140, 150, we would have sold it for 140 or 150. But we stood in faith and said, we believe God's got greater for us. And we stood on that and it happened. We're getting ready to go into a time of giving. Whatever it is that you're believing for, because everybody needs to be believing for something. If you're not believing for anything, you're not using faith. So whatever it is that you're believing for, I strongly encourage you to sow a seed into it. Pastor Paul is gonna talk to us about how, but God is faithful. 
He's always going to bless anything that we give over to him. His, his word never returns void. Amen. Great word. Well, hey, let's activate our faith right now. We're going to take a time to give, and then we're going to go into a time of prayer. There's envelopes at the end of the row. We're going to pass those down. And I want to encourage you, even, even if you don't plan to give today, just take an envelope. We want to hear from you. Write down a prayer request, a praise report. Maybe even believe God that this week you'll be blessed with something that you can give and sow into. I'm convinced that God has stored up blessings and favor for your life, waiting for you to activate it by faith. Sow seed into the miracle you're believing for. Oral Roberts, who built the university across the street, it was all from just believing God can do it. Something good is going to happen. Expect a miracle. Have a need. Sow a seed. And I'm telling you this morning, as you do it, it's not just for your life. I don't know about you, but I am someone who just bleeds with compassion. If somebody's hurting, I want to help them. If somebody's in need, I want to give them a ride. I want to give them, you know, whatever they need. But I can't be a giver if I'm not walking in blessing. I can't help other people if I'm not walking in the blessed life. If I'm always borrowing from everyone, how am I supposed to be a giver to people? But if I'll believe God that I will be the lender and not the borrower, that I'll be the giver and not the one that's always taking from everyone else, I'm telling you, God not only wants to bless you, He wants to bless others through you. He wants to bless your family, your future family, your friends. And He's looking for people that would release their faith. Jesus is returning. Luke 18, verse 8. He said, when I come back, will I find faith on the earth? I had a young guy come up to me last week. By the way, you can give today uh, on text or online. But this young guy, he missed church last week, but he came Sunday night to the movie night. We were watching Woodlawn in here. And with tears in his eyes, he's a college student. He's going to Spartan. He's studying to be a pilot. And uh, he came with this envelope just full of coins, just a heavy envelope full of pennies, nickels, and dimes, and quarters. And he said, did I miss the offering time? Did I miss it? I missed church this morning. I had to work extra. And I, I just wanted to get my seed in the ground. I wanted to get my seed in the ground. Man, I started tearing up at the faith of this guy. And I just was thinking, wow, this guy sees the power of seed time and harvest. It's been in the world since the beginning of time. He believes it. And I know it's only a matter of time before that young guy is seeing the miracles that he's believing for. And he sowed that seed. I said, I'll make sure it gets to the offering. But I think this morning, maybe God's wanting to release things in your heart that you'll just say, Lord, I trust you. I pray right now over every seed that's being sown, every prayer request that's being written down, every praise report that's being written down. God, I thank you that you are a source and you're faithful. You're good, God. Lord, I thank you this morning that we would have faith and we would activate our faith, that we would open our mouths and speak out faith and victory and hope. Lord, I thank you, God, that we would begin believing those words that you've put in your, in your scriptures for us to stand on. Right now, I want to just invite anyone here this morning that you need a miracle in the next few days in your life. I want you to just leave your seat. Come down to this altar right now. You're believing for a miracle. You need it to happen in your life, in your business, in your marriage, in your finances, maybe in your health. Secondly, you're here this morning, you say, Paul, I'm not right with God. I need to surrender my life to Jesus. I want him to be my Lord and my Savior. I don't know where I would go if I was to die today. And today, I want to surrender. I want to repent and turn to God. Just leave your seat. Come down to this altar right now. Join these people. Can we give a big hand to brave men, brave women, brave girls, brave guys, parents, grandparents, singles, Married couples, you're still coming. They're still coming. Maybe you're here today and you're believing God to sell a house. And it's been on the market for a long time. And you've tried to talk yourself out of things. And maybe you're here today and you've never owned a house. You've, you've wanted that. Maybe you need a job. And you've been going through uh, just a time of unemployment. And you don't know if God could get you a good job today. Just get down to this altar. I believe there is a spirit of faith that God is growing in this church to believe for supernatural miracles, supernatural favor, influence. Maybe you believe that you're supposed to be doing something that you're not doing yet. You're supposed to be walking in something that hasn't happened yet. 
I remember when I was an ORU student and I could see myself one day preaching on that stage at ORU. I remember going in there when no one was in there and standing on that stage and preaching to an empty chapel and believing one day, God, I'll get to come back to my alma mater and speak to these students. Well, a few years ago that happened and just this last week I got to go back and preach again. But I'm walking in the fulfillment of the words that have been spoken over me and the words that I've spoken over my life. There are things that haven't happened yet that I know are just a matter of time as I begin to walk by faith, speak by faith, and as we speak it out, we believe it. Lord, let your will be done. Let your kingdom come on my life as it is in heaven this morning I want to just remind you your words are directing your life James 3 verse 4 says your tongue is like the rudder of a ship it directs which way your life goes one word can take you in the right direction or the wrong direction begin speaking those words over your life Lord, I thank you. I will fulfill the calling of my life. Lord, I thank you. I will fulfill my destiny. God, I thank you that I'm walking in victory, not defeat. I had a friend who shared his testimony in the last service who just came out with a book here in our church called Change Your Mind. He was addicted to pornography and alcohol, and he talked about how this addiction was so heavy in his life. He thought he could never get out of it. He would just speak it. I'm never going to break free of this. This has been in my family. I'm going to have it too. But finally, he got into a place of faith, and he started changing his confession. He started declaring, I have the mind of Christ. I am free from every generational curse. I will know the truth, and the truth will set me free. As he began to speak that out, today, Jeff is sober from alcohol for many years. He's been sober from looking at pornography. He's been set free from that addiction. His marriage is strong. His family is strong. He started speaking what God could do in his life. Maybe you're here today and you, there's an addiction that you've been trying to break and you've been trying to do it in your own strength. What if you started declaring, Holy Spirit, thank you that I have the mind of Christ. Thank you that my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I thank you, God, that every bad habit, every generational curse, every addiction that's not good is broken off my life in Jesus' name. Release supernatural help into your life right now. Down at this altar, why don't we just lift our hands to God right now? Lord, I just pray for faith to rise up, fear to die down. Lord, I thank you in Jesus' name, God, that you would be exalted in their life. Lord, I pray, God, that they would have a 180 turnaround in their life. Lord, I pray for favor for those that have been here today that have felt like they missed out on their blessing in Jesus' name. Yes, God. Let's sing that chorus, Daniel. Miracles. You're the God of miracles. Go ahead and just sing that out with us this morning. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You're the God of miracles. Healing. Miracles. Salvation. Restoration. I believe in you. Shout it out. Say, you're the God of miracles. Now miracles. Hey, I believe in you. Shout it out. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. He can do it. He can do it. He can do it.
Ephesians 3 verse 16 says this I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources he will empower you with inner strength through the Holy Spirit then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him my wife reminded me of this last night that Jesus wants to make his home in your heart as you trust in him that no matter what's going on around you like Paul and Silas you're not gonna let the circumstances dictate your speech rather your speech is gonna dictate your circumstances let Christ make his home in your heart it says as you do your roots will grow down into God's love he loves you my son all the time wants to sing yes Jesus loves me yes Jesus loves me seems like the older we get the less we sing that song but I want to sing that song every day of my life to convince myself that the word is true God does love me he's not mad at me he is for me he's not against me he's not abandoned me he's a good good father he cares about the details of my life he's not intimidated by my problems he's not intimidated by my past he can still use me even when I've missed it he loves you this this morning just know that and then Paul says this may you have the power to understand as all God's children should how wide how long how high how deep his love is may you experience the love of Christ though it is too great to understand fully then you will be made complete with the fullness of life and the power that comes from God now listen to this what he says right here church now all glory to our God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish exceedingly abundantly infinitely more than we could ask hope dream or imagine glory to God in the church and in Christ Jesus from generation to generation this morning just give him praise the God who is able the God of miracles the God who was and is and is to come he's not finished with you yet he's not finished with you yet your best days are still in front of you you have victory in this life through Jesus Christ I want us to say this together right now say I am more than a conqueror I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me greater is he who lives in me than he that's in the world I don't have a spirit of fear but power love and a sound mind I have the mind of Christ I put on the helmet of salvation the breastplate of righteousness the belt of truth the shoes of peace the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God his word does not return void nothing is impossible for my God yeah just give him praise right now you're getting your confidence back you're getting your power back you're talking yourself back into God's plan for your life he loves you he loves you I want us all to pray this prayer say Jesus I'm all yours thank you for dying on the cross for my sins you love me God you always have and always will Lord I love you help me to live in faith to speak in faith to think in faith I'm all yours God in Jesus name amen and amen give him praise this morning you got the victory. Use your mouth this week to speak faith over your life and over other people's lives. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Victory with Paul Doherty. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you at any of our services. Saturday night at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 8.30, 9, and 11 a.m. 
If you can't visit us, you can watch live on the Victory app, downloadable on the App Store and Google Play. Remember, your best days are right in front of you.